Welcome everyone. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast, hosted by Mercy Hernandez and Priya Namard. Our goal is to uplift voices everywhere by empowering women and youth and by building a better global community. The I'm Speaking Podcast is inspired by the Edge Charitable Foundation. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the hosts and do not reflect that of the benefactors or sponsors. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast. I'm Priya. And I'm Mercy. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Today's topic is social justice and youth empowerment. Social justice is when everyone gets the same political, economic, and social opportunities. Today, our special guest is Ashley Gray. She's executive director of the Youth Ambassador Committee for the Edge Charitable Foundation, very close to our hearts. Ashley Gray is a pre-med student at Florida International University and VP and Community Service Coordinator of FIU's Sisters. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you for having me. So why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners and our viewers a little bit about yourself. Um, so like you said, you, you did my introduction pretty well. My name is Ashley Gray. I'm a senior at FIU majoring in biochemistry. Um, I'm very active in the community. I've been a part of the Edge Charitable Foundation for probably like six years. I think this will be going on to seven years roughly. So it's been a long time. I first started off as like a member in their Youth um, Ambassadors Committee. And then now I made my way to the executive um, director over the Youth Ambassadors Committee. So I've been a part of it for a long time, making great impacts. Um, I also try to fi- find different ways to service my community. So I volunteer at my church sometimes in health ministry. And then, like you said, I'm a vice president for FIU Sisters Incorporated, where we help do uh, uplift the African American com- community through community service. Ashley, you've blossomed into such an incredible young woman. I mean, I knew you were special when I first met you. I knew your potential, but so many times we see potential in, in youth and we don't get to, you know, the honor of following through with it into um, your age group now. And the fact that you started just as a student, then you were a volunteer, um, <clears throat> then you were part of the board, you were later vice president, and now you just run the entire program. It, it just blows me away. You're incredible. And you are full circle incredible in every aspect from your studies to your um, dedication. You, I just, I love you, Ashley. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> now, what was it like when you first joined the YAC? You know, what were, you, what were your goals? What were you expecting to happen? Um, when I first joined the YAC, it was just trying to figure out what way I could help. I'm just always been the type of person who always like helps people without them asking. So when I found out, you know, um, it was one of the volunteers, uh, Leslie, who volunteers at your toy drive all the time, even with the edge all the time. She's like, you know, this is perfect for you. They're looking for more members for their YAC. You love Wait, it. This is did cool. you play softball with Leslie? I played softball. Yes. I was also one of those kids too. <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. always Leslie's introduction to everybody. Oh, I played, you know, I was their coach and that was it. So, yes, and Leslie's one of our queen bees who's we see every Tuesday at book club. Yes, so, book right here. <laughs> plug, that's, plug, plug. Yeah, that's this month's book, February book. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Ashley, totally cutting you off. It first started with me wanting to get the toy drive and then like I really clicked with like, I guess the atmosphere and the mission of the organization. Um, and then I joined the YAC and it was just more like, it was a lot of hands-on activity and that's what I was looking for. Um, it was nothing I've never experienced. This is like my first kind of serious community service of any sort that I ever did. 
So just being able to have that opportunity at such a young age, I was like, I was like stuck to it. So that's why I continue to go with the organization. And then even after I graduated, I remember when I graduated from high school, I reached out to Mercy and said, like, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm out of age to be a part of the YAC, but you know, if you need anything, just let me know. I'm here to help. You know, I still want to be a part of this process. Anyway, I could, you know, be of help. Just let me know. You're like, you know, you could actually just, you know, come, you could still, still stay with us. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, I remember that. I remember <laughs> that day, Ashley. I remember because, um, you had mentioned that to me and you had graduated with my youngest daughter, Lauren. And so Lauren, the two of you who were like the core of the yak were now of age. Now you were 18 and, and you were graduating high school. And I remember thinking, oh no, now what happens to the yak if my two powerhouses are gone? Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? We don't have youth representing our board of directors for the Edge uh, Foundation. Mm -hmm. And so I invited both of you uh, to become part of the board and right. experience what it was like to be part of an actual board of directors um, board. And so I think that kind of gave you a, a view of leadership in a completely different uh, platform. Whereas both you and Lauren immediately said, you know what, we're just going to kind of lead the yak on our own. We're not really into this board of director thing, but we are definitely into the yak and we can right. feel it and we see its potential and we just want to take it on. And I remember from that day on, it, it's always been between you and Lauren going back and forth. And, and it's been such a smooth transition because you're both FIU students. You're both constantly studying, working and doing things with the community. And the fact that um, you step up to the role and if you're not there, you know, they have your back and if Lauren's not there she knows you got her back and it's just been like a true sisterhood between the two of you mm -hmm. and I think that's really be, been the success of the program being around for as long as it's been around mm -hmm. and the impact that it had during 2020 with COVID and the fact that you were able to impact so many students from the Miami Beach area here in South Florida to the North Miami Beach area um, in a collaboration between you and Lauren and, and oh. I commend you for it. You've really made an impact even during our hardest time. Yeah, I've, I feel that you you really stepped up in 2020 and I, I, I'm sure it just reflects who you are. Um, and you made the program work and you gave the students um, that were involved in, in the YAC program and the PAL and all these things that we were doing an opportunity to to do more than just go to school. You know, they were doing things outside, outside activities. Um, and, you know, going back to our topic on social justice, you even moderated a conversation for the police athletically. And a lot of that, a lot of that event was surrounded around social justice. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted you on, because I, I really feel like this is um, such an important topic and uh, and not to plug, Vivica A. Fox was on that call. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes but was. you did you did so amazing. So why don't you tell everybody why social justice is important to you? But before you go there, Ashley, let me just I'll go back to the PAL, okay. which is the PAL program, and the PAL program stands for the Police Athletic League, um, and it's a leadership group with local police departments, but it is funded at a national level. And we have a dear friend uh, through the Queen Bees, who's a Queen Bee in the police department. She's the police officer who runs POW. Um, I believe it's in the South Florida area, the whole district area. Mm -hmm. And so as a Queen Bee connecting with our YAC uh, 
program all involving the edge, she was able to make that connection. And you shine so bright that you surpassed the local area. And what you moderated, I believe, was in Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, Chicago, yeah. But it was right. So it was uh, youth was the core that you had the police uh, community right. uh, with youth and the conversation. You were the moderator. And that is so impactful and so beautiful. And I just wanted to explain where Pal came from. So take the floor, Ashley, and tell us more about that experience. I was introduced to Pal um, via Linda Roberts, who's also a Queen Bee for the Edge Tribal Foundation, like um, Mercy said. And she said she had this amazing opportunity in which she thought I would be well represented. Well, a well representative uh, for the youth of like North Miami Beach. So I gave it a shot. Um, it was a great experience in total. So in my past experience with moderating for the PAL, it was a great um, insightful opportunity to be able to moderate a conversation between state and local officials, as well as some uh, celebrity personnel, like a, a previous a basketball player and even someone who was a representative of the Miami Dolphins. So just being a part of the opportunity with not only these like higher ups individual, but also being able to um, just kind of work side by side with the fellow PAL youth and being able to like, you know, help them with questions or just be able to, you know, ask these hard hitting questions that not a lot of people would probably have the opportunity uh, to be able to ask. So that was a, um, a good experience for me and not only for me, but just for um, the youth, youth that's all involved. Um, and then not only that, they extended me, the national PAL director, he reached out to me again. He's like, you know, hey, you were so great in the Miami um, presentation. Would you be able to, you know, moderate for us for the Chicago? And I was like, Chicago? Well, I mean, awesome. I've never been to Chicago, but it's okay. Like, you know, I felt really like honored <laughs> that he thought of me again. So I was like, wow, this is a great opportunity. And there, I also moderated a conversation between, you know, their state and local officials um, and, you know, celebrity personnel, Vivica Fox, and also their youth um, within that community. So it's like this continued progression of discussion, like social justice that's being, being bought up, that needs to be talked about. Um, so I think it really allowed me to hear from other people's perspectives as well as like um, learn some new insights I've never thought of before. Ashley, I wanna ask you, when when you did that presentation, which I watched by the way, and it was pretty friggin' impressive and I loved it. Yep. Um, I wanna know how you felt, um, you being you and at your age and living in today's world, how did you feel that conversation went? Do you feel that the, that the youth had a voice and that the voice was listened to? And do you feel that they found something that they learned or they got something out of it? How do you feel about it? Um, I think it was an overall, it was a good conversation. I do generally believe like that our voices were heard um, for the questions that we did come up with. You know, after the fact, I reflected on the whole event. I was like, oh, I probably could have asked this question as well. Not that it was missing anything, but you know, just it started fueling even more ideas to wanting to continue the conversation. But I feel like the responses that were get like were given at the event were genuine. Um, I had other family members who did watch and attend. You know, they had their children watch, and they're like, you know, I really appreciate the insight that you provided, or that you allowed this conversation to flow. Um, I feel that also, it was just that sense of genuineness that I took away from the event. That you know, these officials did care because they took time out their day to come and you know actually engage in us with this conversation. Um, did you find the conversation to be organic? I did think it was organic, especially for the fact that they were not prepared for the conversation, like the questions that we did um, ask them. So it was organic. The officials, as so well, the officials were not prepared for what the youth were asking them? 
Right. They had no idea what questions we had listed. Um, I worked with the students at North Miami Beach to come up with the questions that we um, to formulate to ask them. It was various questions, whether, you know, what is your thought on um, having, you know, police policing the neighborhood that they live in compared to, um, you know, what ways can youth be more active in the community while following kind of like the rules when it's protesting. Um, so it's not like over the line, not per se over the line, but not to draw respectful. Like, yeah, in a respectful manner. So it's just just questions that they weren't prepared for, like the officials and all the representatives that we've uh, asked questions to. Can you give us an example of one of the questions the students asked? Sure. Um, okay, I think this one was one of my favorite ones because I feel like if you don't already have a connection to, like if you don't have, not per se a connection, but if you don't already know certain individuals whether they work for the police or for state officials, you might have a different conception about them. Um, so some questions that were asked is that to various like state officials or even the police officer, um, the police chief were asked, um, you know, what ways are they promoting diversity amongst their workplace um, or within their own teams? Uh, what ways are they implementing a feedback system? Because I think that's very important mm -hmm. because I feel a lot of things go unchecked or they're not even like really thought about. There's only from one perspective, you know, of the official side of it and not really from the community side of it and saying, you know, you may think it was handled properly or something like that. So, you know, asking them, you know, did you, do you have a feedback system in place or are you working towards implementing a feedback system now? Like I know a lot of, um, um, a lot of like uh, police departments are implementing a feedback system. I know I watched a Powell, um, a Powell, a Powell town hall preparing for this town hall and it was in the state of California and they asked that question too. And they did say, you know, they've already had something like that in place and that they're working to like, you know, make it more um, accountable or like more uh, effective and having proper uh, fixing those problem areas that the community do report to them. Mm -hmm. So I think questions like that, it makes the individuals who are asking them to think, you know, are you, what are you doing about the problem? You know, problems, we're telling the problem exists, but you know, how are you handling it? What are you doing about it? Um, we've asked them, you know, what does accountability look like in your position? You yeah. know, you know, that, that's a big one. Like you, you always think that, you know, when something happens with a rogue cop, there's like no accountability. There are all these rules and things in place that allow the cops to essentially get off on the charges. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Um, Ashley, I wanted to ask you, once you were done and you, you know, you sat back and reflected on the whole experience on both the local one that you did here and the one that you did with Chicago, was there a question uh, deep inside of you that you feel was not asked or that you stayed wanting to ask? Was there like something that left you, um, you know, uncertain or did you find closure in feeling, yeah, there is, you know, there is some kind of harmony and we are being listened to and times are changing and, and you know, things are being followed through. How did you ultimately feel about the whole event? Um, I want to say I found closure per se because it's like at the end, like not really at the end of the day, but um, you know, new things happen all the time, so it just makes you think. I I still I still feel like nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Event. I felt that there was like a deeper connection between um, the community and then the officials and saying we're here to listen. Um, you know, we're here to learn as well. So I felt that kind of connection, you know, that they're they're open to hearing our, our feedback, our comments. That's just more of like okay. what I 
take away from that event. Um, there are some questions I wouldn't say like I felt complete closure, okay. um, I felt more comfortable in a sense of, of like a little bit higher sense of trust, a little bit higher sense of like uh, being comfortable with um, that people are practicing leaning towards more accountability. I felt like maybe some more things, uh, maybe, you know, that they still need to work on, maybe a sense of like training, like sensitivity training, you know, they do. I, I remember um, one question was asked to the police chief, you know, about, you know, sensitivity training. You know, he did say that they do sensitivity training um, to different extents, but I feel like at the end of the day, some things are still only effective, you know, real world, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, Miami right. has a lot of problems, but I still like, once things happen in the real world, you can't really do what's been done undone. I don't know the word to say right. it. You're right. You're absolutely right. And when you speak, are you speaking about Chicago or are you speaking about Miami or would, do you feel the same? Do you feel that the conversation went the same in both cities? How do you, do you feel that the two cities were different? That's a good question. Wow. I want to challenge you there. <laughs> um. And I, you know, I'm asking you, Ashley, because I went to a chief's convention in Chicago, uh, 2019, at, yeah, at the end of, or the beginning of 2020, I think it was, and I went to a chief's convention there. Um, and of course, you know, I'm constantly going to chief events here at a local level in Miami. So I saw personally, I saw a difference in the, in the culture. Right. right? I mean, they say Miami, it's its own world. It's not even part of the United States the way that it is. <laughs> um, so, you know, people that come from any part of the United States come to Miami and they're like, whoa, yeah. what is this place? So I, I saw a cultural difference and I saw um, the difference, right? I agree. The there, there definitely is a difference in regards to like, you know, the community, um, the different concerns that stretch, whether you're in Miami or Chicago, not right. every, it's not the same. But I think I think one key similarity between them is more of like, you know, what are you guys going to do about it to keep yourself accountable? What, you know, what changes do you want to make? I think that was probably a common question that's probably asked anywhere, you know, what are, because I think that's what people are looking for when it comes to social justice. Uh -huh. like, you know, I think now people are being, not recognizing, but it's like becoming, coming more to light that there's inequality, there's like, you know, unfair Correct. everywhere. And everyone's asking the question, what are you doing about it now? It's coming to light now, you know, you can't hide it. I think social media is being a huge factor, you know, within mm -hmm. the last few years. Just, that's why I think everything's kind of like really coming to light this past like year. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. It brings accountability. Question that's been asked. Um, there's difference in community, of course, but I feel like the main question that a lot of people are asking, a lot of uh, the youths were asked on either um, cities is, you know, what are you guys gonna do about it? You know, how are you keeping, you know, how are you promoting like fairness, um, diversity, um, accountability? I think those are the main keywords: fairness, diversity, accountability amongst everyone, whether it's in the workplace, in government offices, in just you know police task force and things like that. I agree. Yeah. That's very powerful. I do want to switch gears a little bit and talk about Sisters because I feel like I've never had a conversation with you about this organization. I know that you're involved in it. I know that you're the, you're the VP. But what exactly does the organization do and what kind of work are you committed to in the community? Right, so Sisters Incorporated in general, we're a national organization. Um, pre predominantly our chapters are in Georgia and Florida. 
and we work to we're a we're a sisterhood. We're a group of women who are African American who just find ways to uplift African community, promote positive images of African American men and women. Um, we we do community service. That's our key mission. That's our key goal. Yeah. Um, so and it comes when it comes to my chapter specifically at FIU. We try to find ways in which we impact African American community specifically, but we just don't do that. We do we do multiple multiple things. Like we we do the uh, feeding South Florida. That doesn't impact just the um, African American community. It impacts everyone. Um, sometimes we do. Uh, uh, how should I say? We pass out uh, hygiene bags. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. We pass mm -hmm. out hygiene bags once in a while um, downtown in Overtown. So you know we'll just assemble like a packing party, which is just a group of us getting together. We um, pile together donations that we picked up, bought, and then we just assemble them, and then we just go to Overtown and we pass them out. So another aspect that we do is we're also implementing uh, another program uh, within our chapter called Little Sisters, which is basically uh, we're mentoring youths who are younger than us. Um, specifically in high school, where we're just going to mentor them in the sense of, you know, proper hygiene, some things that they probably don't really think about, um, proper sexual education, um, different things of how to prepare for college, um, writing your essays, resumes, different like life skills that they need. So in this program, we're going to um, pair them up with a collegiate member, which is anyone from FIU, and then a professional member, because we also have professional chapters, you know, after you graduate from um, college, you could still be a part of the organization, but, you know, you just have a higher like not a higher standing but you're you just labeled as a professional because you're you're officially graduated so we're gonna we're gonna pair them up and then that just provides full-on mentoring from any aspect that they need i do and have she, a tough i do have a tough question for her oh go for it <laughs> here. Do it. so um you know we're talking about african-american women and social justice and youth empowerment and you have completely committed to um doing what you can with tools that you have in your community and you're doing so much as is. And African-American women, black women are often found at the bottom of all the totem poles, social, mm -hmm. economic, political. But in the past year, there has been a rise. And I think of Stacey Abrams when, I, when, I, when I'm asking this question, there has been a rise in the power um, and the reach of black women. I would love to know your thoughts on this. I think I feel like the power has always been there. I think social, social media has always been influential in whatever happens in a sense of it's always, it's, it, has, it has acted as a positive outlet and be able to connect with other people, just seeing other content that kind of like motivates you, um, that empowers you, especially me and other fellow African-American women and saying, I am strong, you know, um, I have a voice, my voice will be heard. I feel like this past year at the end of 2020, um, going into 2021, uh, a lot of African-American women have been seeing rising higher and higher into public positions. You know, you have VP Kamala Harris, you have Stacey um, Abrams. So things like that, that's starting to like, I guess, make the Black woman's voice more heard, more known, or more seen. Um, so I'm very encouraged. I even cried when I saw Kamala Harris um, being inaugurated. I don't know why. I was just watching Me it too, and I was though. like, I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> Me too. There's so much... Like, it, there's so much like when President Obama became um, president, I cried. We were bawling our eyes out, and the same thing with Kamala. You just feel like a sense of pride and and that I, you're part of something that you're seeing something mm -hmm. that's just it was like it's unexplainable, but it's explainable at the same time. It's just it's just it's this feeling of like wow, like you know we're mm -hmm. here. You know, it, it 
took long, but you know, we're here. Like, you know, I feel like it's just- I feel that emotion now. Yeah. I can feel that emotion now. (laughs) I'll tell you, um, when you were wondering, why am I crying now? I was actually um, getting texts from Raquel, who, you know, is a kindergarten teacher. And she was texting me like all these crying emojis. She goes, I don't know how to stop myself. I'm so emotionally (laughs) excited. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. I'm so overjoyed. We have a voice and, you know, we're, I'm Puerto Rican. So J-Lo was um, singing and it was just so powerful and everything we wanted to happen happened. And it was just like all this emotion and all this joy. And the fact that, yes, it can happen, you know, you say it all the time, but you were seeing it happen. Mm -hmm. And I was telling her, aren't you supposed to be teaching? And she told me, yes, I'm telling them to stop it. Just listen. (laughs) I'm crying. And I thought, okay, it's not just us, Ashley. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, it's just so powerful. I want to ask you a question. And I don't know how um, politically correct it is. I don't know um, how, you know, I'm just going to be vulnerable with you. Mm. So I want to ask you, what can a friend of yours or um, a colleague or somebody, a mentor, a second mom, whatever the case may be, what can somebody that's not African-American but loves you, what can I do to empower you? What do you need from me? That's other than obviously... That's called allyship. That's allyship, Mercy. Okay, so yeah. What can an ally do? Yeah, go ahead. What can I do for you? What can what do you want to see from your fellow girl that's not necessarily African American, but that loves you all the same? How can we better serve your voice, Ashley? That's a really great and beautiful question. Um, I think it's more of like representation and action in whatever you do. Um, you know. A lot of my friends, a lot of people that I know, you guys, you know, everything's always been of love. It's always love. You know, your actions are always meaningful. So, I mean, I feel like you've done everything perfectly. I feel like a lot of people who I associate with are just, you know, I associate with them for a reason because, you know, I respect their values. I love their values. Um, I feel like at the end of the day, what anyone could do, just just in general, just like representation, action, you know, you know what you say um, when you help others, don't just help, you know, I guess one category of people help everyone. Um, just, I don't know, I'm not really sure what to say. Like, not that I don't know what to okay, say. So, well, I'll tell you well, what. Go ahead. <laughs> if you have, so I just wanted to say so, if there is ever something that we do wrong, right, or that I do wrong, um, or something that I'm not doing enough of to empower the voice of a fellow woman, regardless of the color. Um, please be open because that's why, you know, that's why we're talking and that's why we're saying I'm speaking because we all have a voice. Um, and we just want to grow with you and learn from you because of your, your youth, because of what you're experiencing. You know, we have different backgrounds, different experiences. Um, and previous had experiences I've never had and vice versa. And you've had experience that neither one of us have faced because we were not your age in college um, with the things you're facing today with social media that didn't exist back when when Priya was in college or, or me so I just you know want to make sure that you know that regardless of our age and our differences and our experiences that we do feel that we're all one and that we're here to lift each other up yeah 
I, I did. I do feel she said one important word uh, that we need to expand on representation. Yes, she said that she that. she said representation was important to her. In, in addition to the love and support from the community, but what does that mean to you, Ashley? What does the representation mean to you? Great question. Representation to me means diversity. It means a diversity of ideals, a diversity of cultures, a diversity of, of people, um, a diversity of beliefs. Because at the end of the day, not everyone believes what you believe, but you're still representing that one mission, that one core value, that one goal. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully that goal is the love for others, regardless of whatever it is. Mm. Um, the humanity behind it all. Humanity. That's a key mm. word. I love that. Yeah. Humanity. humanity and compassion. Absolutely. What do you see, just to, to wrap it up, Ashley, I know we are like totally picking at your brain here, but you're like the fountain of youth. Um, and we really want to see through your eyes how you're seeing the world right now. Um, what do you see in the near future with um, the justice, the social justice? Do you see us moving forward or do you see us stagnant? How do you perceive the future right now? I like that question. That's a beautiful question. And I have an answer. Um, in the near future, I don't see us stagnant. I see pushback because, you know, um, you still have a lot of older generations that are not used to this change, not used to this like representation. So, you know, there's still kind of majority of the population in a sense. So I see pushback and it's going to be slow progress, but I see the progress getting there eventually. You know, hopefully it's in my lifetime. Hopefully it's in everyone's lifetime that they'd be able to experience it. But I, I do see progress. I do see change. It's not going to be stagnant. Well, I don't think it's going to be stagnant. It's going to be a little pushback. It's going to be slow, but I see slowly doors, you know, opening ways to new changes, new ideals, new, new culture, new experiences, and just slowly beginning to accept the change. Um, accepting everyone for who they are, regardless of race, color, creed anything like that. Um, I see progression. I think it's going to be slow, but you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. I feel like I think the only thing that motivates me was just being hopeful and, you know, taking, not per se taking action, but being a part of the change, you know, because you can't see progress happen. Maybe if you're not necessarily part of, it, you know, you have to be also be the one putting the effort to helping making things come along. You know, maybe you're that representation for someone else who looks like you or who has the same ideals as you. Um, so you have to kind of be a part of the change to help the change to happen. Be the change. I know. That <laughs> kind of sounds like our tagline, Ashley. I think you've been with us too I long. I'll subtly add, I think I'll subtly add, um, <laughs> progress. You also have to be the ambassador of your community, the ambassador of your change. Um, you have to be a part of the change to help see it happen, to help push it along. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that everything that you're saying, you're doing. So you're really putting action behind your words and, and your thoughts and your hope for the future. So I commend you for it. Now, if, if our listeners and our viewers want to get in touch with you, find out more about what you're doing in the community with all the different organizations, but um, specifically with the YAC, how can they get in touch with you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at underscore it's I-T-S uh, Ashley, A-S-H-L-A-A-A-Y. Or check us out at the Edges Yak at the Edges Yak, the T H E E B G E S Y A C. And we'll put it we'll put we'll put it in this on the screen for everybody. Yes. yes. <laughs>
And if there are any more questions that anybody has um, in reference to today's conversation and today's topic, and they want to add anything to it, they can also contact us at info at I'm speaking with Mercy and Priya. Well, if you're watching today, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow Ashley and her amazing work in the community. Check out the Edge Capital Foundation and Mercy will tell you more about that. But make sure you like, follow, share, subscribe, all that great stuff. And Mercy? Yes, please follow us at The Edge Helps. We're a nonprofit organization that's helping children around the world. We have programs such as the one Ashley just spoke about called The Yak, which is our ambassadors that are our youth ambassadors, as well as our queen bees. So please do visit our website. It's theedgehelps.com and learn more about all our great things. Ashley, thank you for being with us. We love you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great week. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast with Priya and Mercy. Bye.